And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football and off-season activity. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kenny Brown. I like those off-season activities. You ready for a day of off-season? It's been a big off-season activity week for the Detroit Lions and the NFL. Been a lot of little smaller things going on. A lot of the uh, pro workouts at the colleges were going on this week. The quarterbacks were up front, you know, getting the last look. I don't know where you come in on all that stuff, but to me, everything you thought last week, you'll think next week. I don't think no minds are going to be changed by all this off-season workouts by these prospects. You know, I think one thing about the uh, about the, the workouts. I think the most important part of it is if, if you're a, a team that def, you know is considering drafting one of those players, I think is a chance to to watch him and to talk to him. And I think that the talking part, what he has to say, how he carries himself, you know, how, how prepared he is for different situations, different you know different goings on. I think that's probably the most important part because you want to get a feel for a guy that you might be given you know, $40 million to. Yeah, but see, I was up front thinking that Carolina was going to make one of these big jumps. They trade up for the number one pick, and they were doing everything right. But when they take 11 to 14, I don't know the exact full number of of personnel down to view these uh, workouts, that shows me that your team is inept. I'm sorry. Just, why? You, why? Why? I don't explain. I was listening to somebody else talk about this, and I agree exactly with them. So I'm not the first one to bring this up. If you're taking 11 of your representatives down, then you don't you don't you don't know what you're doing because there really should only be three or four decision makers, which is the owner, the GM, and the coach. He said, outside of that, everything else is just noise. And when you're taking that many people down to a workout, that means you're trying to get a consensus of everybody, which is not the way you do business. And I agree with that. I, it makes no sense at all. What are they going to do besides go out to dinner with the guy? And, and of those 11 people. Like I said, after the three that we just mentioned, the rest of them are just going along for the ride. I mean, what do you take? Where are all these people going? Well, Kenny, they could be scouting the players at their position. For example, Hank Fraley uh, on one of these. And you're not wasn't the Detroit Lions, but just say Hank Fraley is part of the crew that goes down to Columbus, whatever. He's going to look at the offensive linemen and filter back to you. You know, he's going to dissect what he's seen with that, those players, those offensive linemen. And they got, you know, a couple of guys who are, you know, first-round eligible, first-round candidates. You want to look at them and then get back to the, you know, to the to the general manager and then, you know, through the through the pipeline there and tell them what you think. I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, I'm sure you wouldn't, but I, what I'm saying is no other team, and they, they did a, a survey of this, has sent any more than three or four people to any one of these workouts. This is like the first time this has ever happened in – Mike, if you said 11 scouts and coaches, you'd have every position covered for a workout. It just doesn't make sense. It's more than going well, to the combine. Well, it's those, it's those, okay, but it's those, it, it's those players at that position that you're considering drafting. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I really okay. don't. Okay. Yep. I mean, look, it, look, I'll grant you this. It might be overkill, but I don't think it hurts anything. I just think you got too many cooks in the kitchen, Mike. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah, but all 11 guys are not decision-makers. No, but you give them 11 guys' voices, and that's the problem. And like I said, it'll come, we'll, come out, we'll see if it comes out. I don't, only, I don't want to argue too long about this because well, I don't, I don't care about bit. Carolina. Let me just add one thing here, though. Those, those coaches and those, and those scouts at those positions, you know, their voice is going to be heard, but they're not going to make any decisions. They're going to give you your opinion, or their opinion, I should say, based on what they've seen on tape and what they've seen in workouts, you know, the videos and all of that, and then – you know, and, and like in Detroit, they'll they'll filter it all down and 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 use what they want and dis- disagree with what they don't care about or, or what what doesn't 
you know, what doesn't matter to them. Uh, I'm going to let it go, but I'm going to say this one thing. Okay. There's nothing that they will learn in these workouts, these private workouts they didn't learn at the combine when I can understand you having a full allotment of people there. These little workouts at the school are just little walkthroughs and, like you said, the talking and stuff. This, to me, it's a big show they're putting on, and it, nobody's buying it. It's just well, a big like show. I said, I, like I said, and then we'll go on to something else. I think the opportunity to talk to the talk to the prospects again is the most important part of it. The rest of it, unless a player is coming off an injury and you haven't had a chance to work them out, and some of those guys didn't do the full workouts at the combine too. So at least you want to see them, you know, supposedly trying trying to accomplish their best on their pro day. Well, like I said, I'm not even talking about it. I'm also mad at Carolina because they keep taking Lions coaches and players away. The, the latest being DJ Chark has been swiped, stolen, ripped off, taken down to Carolina <laughs> on a one-year deal. Now, him getting a one-year deal and this being so late in the process of free agency tells me two things. The Lions – Probably only wanted him back to a certain amount of money. This is what I'm. This is the Kim Brown reading through. Because if you're taking a one year deal there, I'm sure the Lions, if they wanted him, could have gave him a one year deal for more money. If they wanted, right? If they wanted to, I'm sure they It may not have been a line in the sand, but I'm sure they had a level that they were going to go to, and and maybe he exceeded that level. That's what I'm saying. So if they wanted him back, they could offer him a couple of years, or gave him three years, or whatever. They they wanted him back. They could have made a better offer. So my thing was they probably had, and I think Brad Holmes does this a lot with all his free agents. He has a price point that he's going to pay to, and after that, you're going to get replaced unless you're, you know, the superstars of the team, which he'll probably give more leeway to. But watching him operate for these years, I don't think he panics. He has a price point, and if you go beyond that price point, we'll move on. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I would. I would agree with you. That's basically basically what I was trying to say too. I just think, look, he had a nice, nice one-year contract here in Detroit last year. He was hurt a lot. You know, he wasn't available, and yeah. so I think you take that into consideration too. That he does have a history of injuries, and look, when he's on the field, he's a good player, a really effective player. You know, he's made he's made one Pro Bowl in his career. I wouldn't consider him a you know a, an every year Pro Bowl player, but a good player. And I don't think they're better off without him. But you certainly have to have certain, you know, certain areas or how far you're going to go on with certain players, and that's probably what happened to Chark. All I know is 30 catches, three TDs. That's that was the bottom line, and you could say he was hurt half the year or whatever. But he's always hurt. So you got you got 30 catches and three TDs. How much is that worth? I said the same thing with Jamal Williams a few weeks ago. How much are you going to pay for a cheerleader? I'm paying X for the player, and I'm not paying over that because he's a rah rah guy. And with DJ Chark, I'm paying. He plays X amount of games. He's that's his mo for the last few years. So what I got out of him is how much I want to pay out of him. He was a thirty catch, three D, three TD guy. Give him a couple more TDs and a couple more catches because he'll probably play more games. But that's what he was. Now the thing they'll miss and the thing they're going to have to replace is a big receiver. You know, he's a six four kid. I think they need a tall receiver in that to, to work in the system. I think Reynolds. And Khalif Raymond can make up a lot of those uh, catches. Jamison Williams is going to make up a whole bunch of them. Jamison Williams will probably be featured more even if Chark was there. So I understand why they're moving on, but they still need to put into the room one tall receiver, either through the draft or free agency. To go with Josh Reynolds. Yeah, to go with Reynolds and Raymond. and uh, Don't laugh, people out there. I'm about to say his name. And Mike, you know what I'm about to say. Oh, no. Quintez Cephas, baby. He's not done yet. He's not done yet. 
You know, I always liked Quinn Taylor. Yeah, I always liked him. Well, you know, I always liked him. Now. All right, let me just ask you a couple of things here. We're talking about your typical inconsistency, okay? <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to typical, if you're going to downgrade, if you're going to downgrade uh, Chark for thirty catches and three touchdowns and being hurt, then why are you not upgrading Jamal Williams for a thousand yards and seventeen touchdowns? But I told you I'm only paying so much for the performance. I'm not paying extra. I'm not paying extra for the cheerleading. That's all I said. Uh, okay, so we'll just you'll just remain typically inconsistent. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Speaking <laughs> of inco- the way, I, go ahead. By the way, they, they didn't just get rid of him, they replaced him with a better player. Yeah, but in David Montgomery. But I'm still adding to that running back room in the draft. Of course. We're talking about that player, though. Yeah, I agree. They, they upgraded him. Now, listen, don't, don't listen. Don't try to wiggle off the hook. Okay? I'm wiggling like a fish in the, <laughs> over in Lake Huron. Uh, now, another thing happened. I'm glad we did this podcast later in the week because stuff is happening. The last time we did a podcast, I said a couple of contracts are going to have to be redone or some cuts are going to be done. Romeo Aquara and Big V, Halopio Vata. Vitala. Let's call him. Let's call him Big, Big v, v. Okay. Big V. Since don't that, apply for the play-by-play job. <laughs> uh, well, then I get it close. I was close to good. Well, you got the you got the Big V. Yeah. So after that, so Big V. After that, there, after that, there are twenty-five more letters in the alphabet. Hala Paluta Vita. I was good with. Hala okay. Paluta Vita. Um, he was uh cut down in salary a bunch. Romeo Cora was cut down in salary a bunch, but they're staying. Everybody's talking about how everybody wants to be a lion and they'll take pay cuts. No. They would cut down the salary. Don't think if they could got more money somewhere else, they would have just let them cut them. They decided that was the most they were going to get. And they got good contracts, the most they were going to get, you know, by any team. So they took it, and which is a good deal for both the Lions and the two guys. Well, one thing about it, they're good players when they're healthy, and they're productive players when they're healthy. And, and we'll see how that goes. And the Vitae, I, I presume, is still going to be the right guard. Uh, when he comes well, that's back. what I was going to ask you. Well, we got to talk yeah. about that. Is he? I would think so. Yeah, I, I don't. He's not going to be the right tackle. He's not going to be the left tackle. No, I'm, you think it's a contest between be... Graham and him for that right guard? Well, there's three. There's there are three guards in the in the in the mix there. Uh, uh, let's see. It would be uh, Vitae would be one. Glasgow uh, two. Uh, Graham Glasgow, and then the incumbent over there. Yeah, uh, Jonah Jackson. Jonah Jackson, yeah. So Jonah Jackson's got a Pro Bowl to, on his record in three years. He's a good player. is a good player. Graham Glasgow is a good player. What do you do? Or do you have something else up your sleeve? Well, That's the question I have for you. I is think there gonna, other, is, there, is there another move coming? I think they – well, see, that I would say year later when Jonah Jackson's contract is up, they would be able to slide one of them over. But they signed – those two guys are both on one-year contracts now – which means to me that whatever you're planning, you're planning for this year. So we'll see. Maybe they just want to rotate and have healthy guys, you know, because like I said, you also got to remember, man, Frank Ragnar has been hurt two years in a row with that foot, and he might miss games with it, and you got to have that backup center, which now you have with Glasgow. Um, v, Big V's been hurt. Jonah Jackson missed games last year too. I just think that, that third guard, as you saw last year, is going to play. So maybe that's what Graham is there for or Big V's there for. And Big V can swing over the tackle. You can run six-man lines a lot. You can do a lot. I just think it's a good situation. Nothing bad about it. 
And just one other thing, too, a guy we're, we're, we're seem to be forgetting, Matt Nelson, who's been the third tackle forever now, it right. seems like. Right, right. And he's, look, they, they brought him back they for a reason. Back. They brought him back. So we'll see, but at least the line is dry. I still say they're going to draft a lineman. Now, I think the urgency of maybe a first-round lineman is gone. Now, I was thinking, and we had talked about the Florida Os- Osiris, maybe, or whatever, but I think that's off the table. Now, I think that if they draft a, a guard, uh, it'll be second or third round or third round and later. But I think they will add a young player into that mix. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be. I would let's put this. I wouldn't be against it, and I wouldn't be completely surprised if they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. It wouldn't surprise me. I thought that beforehand, but now nah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it could be. You might be right. I mean, look, they are free to draft anything now because they have no discernible, you know, area where they have to address right away. There's some places you can get better, but they've got every position covered right now. Well, I'd like to, I, I'd like to, I wouldn't, I'm stammering on this, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get it out the right way, but I wouldn't be against a uh, cornerback in the first round. No. Either six or 18 wouldn't bother me. I'm against the six, but if 18, if you thought of at 18, I wouldn't have a problem with it depending on who's there, but I understand what you're saying. Um, another player, Jalen Reese Maben has come back, who was a special teams guru. He's back. They signed after Houston cut him, but they lost, um, Chris Board, who went to the Patriots, who was the special teams guy for the Lions, was one of their good guys. So pretty much that's a wash. I would think so. You know, Board came from the Baltimore Ravens. If you play, if you're a backup player, even an even an in and out starter, you're going to play special teams at, at on the Baltimore Ravens with John uh, Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. yeah, and they are really they are good on special teams. That's what they do. Look, he was a special teams coordinator for ten years before he became a head coach. Right. That is good. Um, so pretty much we are where we are. They got a lot of money left now that they've redone those contracts. I, I saw the uh, – I think they got more money than they started with after they redid those two contracts and they, the signings they did for some reason didn't account to a lot of money on this year's cap. But they have a lot of money still left. You think they're gearing up for a move? And a lot of people are rumoring Ed Oliver or one of these guys might be available by trade. I don't know if anything's like that, but do you think they're just clearing money or they got a ulterior motive behind it? Well, I think you know I don't can't say this for certain, but I I, I think it would be smart, and I think it's what, what Brad Holmes would do. You know, everything isn't just for this year. You know, they're going to play football next year and the year after and the year after, and so why go all in on one year right now when when you're building for, if we want to be good for, you know, for two, three, four, five years. So you want to do that. You've got to be able to maneuver, you know, in 2024 and 2025. And I think, now I'm not saying they're driven by that. Don't get me wrong. If there's a decision to be made between 23 and 24, I'm sure there would be in that 2023. But you want to keep an eye on, on, you know, you want to look ahead a little bit and be able to be, be able to be versatile and, and make moves in, in the upcoming seasons, not just 2023. All right. Have I mentioned Quintez Sivas in the last five minutes to you, Mike? I'm just got to keep mentioning that because everybody forget he's on the roster. Well, uh, that's my guy. Him. That is when my guy. When he's healthy and it's not very often, he's a productive player. <laughs> that's my good guy. Hands, good tough, good tough ball player. That's my guy. Just get a, a tall receiver by free agency or later in the draft. Just for, you know, so you have a big guy to put out there. There's receivers well, there's a, out there. There are going to be players available. I and mean, look, when you get to the draft and get beyond the draft. Teams are going to be cutting players because they filled holes 
in the draft that you know that they weren't able to fill in free agency. So there'll be players, including backup quarterbacks, available after the draft. Uh, so, I wanted to save that, but since you brought it up, we got to get into it now. Well, I, it looked like we got to get into it now. Another, another chance to walk away from them. You Big tried issue. to get up. The, uh, I could tell. Uh, we I tried Allen Robinson, who I was talking about. Allen Robinson, Robinson, right? Yeah. He, he's not the one from Orchard Lake. You sure? Allen Robinson's from Orchard Lake. He's from Orchard Lake, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's well, I don't know he's from there. I think he's from. I think he's from Southfield. Yeah, but I said he's. Mistaken. That's what I was saying. He's from here. Maybe he, he might want to come back if they're going to pay the freight on him. That'd be a guy you want to look at. He's six two. Oh, you were talking about Marcus Robinson. I know. I was thinking Allen Robinson. That's why I said uh, the Robinson guy from the Rams. You know, the Rams well, are, on, want to pay on. some of the salary to get rid of him. That's the rumor. Hold on. Don't ever make me liable to, to try and read your mind what you're thinking, okay? So that's another Please. guy you can look at, Allen Robinson. Now, back to this. The Nate Sudfeld was re-signed. Nate Sudfeld. Why? I'm just going to ask you. I'm not even going to comment. Tell me why, and then what does it mean going forward? Honestly, I don't know, but I can only guess. You know, that number one, look, he's he's been with good teams before. He's been with, what, the – the Eagles, he's been with the uh, 49ers. Now he's been with the Lions for a year. Maybe he has some, look, I've never seen him throw a ball. I really didn't because he got with the Lions after, after training camp last year. And, and you know, I do, you don't see the, we don't see the practices during the regular season. I don't know if he's right-handed. I don't know if he's left-handed. I don't know anything about <laughs> it. I've never seen him throw a ball. I'm only being, you know, half, half joking about that, but I haven't. But I just, I, I just can't, I can't imagine he's going to be, with such a little background he has in terms of actual playing time, that he's going to be the Detroit Lions' backup quarterback. I just I can't see it. The primary backup, I think they'd be in the market for another one, whether it's a draft pick or a veteran, one or the other. I'm going to reserve comment. My comment now is that puts maybe they want teams to think they might draft quarterback and that might get the offers could, up yeah. if um, yeah, you know a quarterback is available at six that people want to trade up for or. They might want a quarterback, but I just can't see them, the way this team is put together and ready to win now, them wasting the sixth pick on a future year quarterback, even if it's uh, Anthony Richardson, who has a ton of potential. I just can't see them. That's like the Carmelo-Darko thing. You could hit the double with Dar- with Carmelo, but you went for the home run with Darko and got nothing. I just think the Lions are going to play this number six pick safe, grab a good you know, rated player, good good player on their board that can play for them right now. That's the way I see it. So you're saying you prefer a veteran backup? Um, I would take a rookie as a backup if after the fir- after that first pick. If you want to do it at 18, if you think one of them's going to be there or whatever, I don't have a problem with that. But I just can't see them using that sixth pick on one of those quarterbacks if he's not playing for you this year. I think it would be a sigh of relief for everybody if four quarterbacks go in the first five picks. That also would mean that they would have one of those defensive linemen available, right? Which is a whole other story, right? But I don't think I think I don't th- I think three of them are going to go before pick six. I don't think four. It'd be, I just don't think four is going to go unless there's some trades. I'm just talking about the way it's set up now. I just think there'll be a quarterback at six available. I don't know which one, Willis or Levy, Will Levis or Richardson. I don't know which one. Yeah. Uh, no, I, look, it, 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 that's one of the most intriguing aspects of this entire draft. And we've got, what, three and a half weeks to go? Yeah. Before. No, it's more than that. And more everything will change that. by the day. You know, everything. Just yeah. say a month from next week is the draft. 
So yeah, we've got to go. Look, yeah, we've got a month. We've got yeah. a month to go. A little month bit more than a month, actually. So yeah. everything will change by that time. You know, interesting. But I'm I'm not sweating the Nate Suffield thing because, like I said, you you got to have three quarterbacks in camp anyway. To me, and he's he'll be one of them. So you know, and he'll fight for whatever he fights for. I don't think you're going into the season with him as your primary backup, though. I just don't. I don't believe that. I don't either right now, but like I said, I've never seen him play. I've said you go in and hand off, you know. For I saw him play some games with Philly a few years ago when um, Carson Wentz got hurt, but that was the only time I've ever seen him play. You know, but like you said, that was how many years ago was that? That was, what, four years ago? Yeah, I'm going to look that up again. Because I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure how many snaps you saw. I mean, he played that night game. Ball. He came. I can tell you the one game I saw for sure. Remember they pulled Carson Wentz or at the, the last game of the year? When somebody was trying to get in the playoffs and Philly kind of threw the game, or and Dallas was mad at him, or another oh, team. Oh yeah, I remember that. Remember yeah, they, sure. that was Suffield they put in when they pulled the quarterback in the third quarter. That yeah. was him. That's the only time I've seen him play. So, and he wasn't impressive that night, but that was years ago. Evidently, he's been in the league, Mike. So somebody must like him. Well, like I said, Kenny, he's been with good teams. Too. Yeah. He's been with the he's been with the Eagles, you know, playoff team. He's been 49ers. with the 49ers. Right, somebody must like him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's not one of those only a mother can love players. He's uh, somebody likes him. I don't know about the mother part. We'll get to that later. I said, I said one of those only a mother can love type players. You know those players that nobody you. likes I, but the mom. I, look, I was I was cringing until you got through the whole thing. There, right? <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty much going to be our wrap this week. A lot of excitement happening. Um, we're not even going to talk about Jalen Carter and that mess. Well, let's let all that sort itself out. Uh, by next week, we'll have. Uh, I think the free agent signings, there'll be about one or two more. I don't. I think pretty much free agency is over for the Lions. Well, pretty much, but one thing we do, I have to just really touch on really quickly, it's the NFL owners' meetings next week in Arizona. And, you know, thing, it kind of shifts to the, to the National Football League's business and away from what's going on in the field a little bit. But there's some interesting proposals up, one of the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, I think, have put up three proposals to be uh, discussed at least and see if they get voted on. But, but, yeah, that's this is kind of a period where three to four days, not an awful lot happens in terms of in terms of player acquisitions, player movement, and so on. The big thing at the owners meeting is the coach's pitcher. I hope uh, Campbell's at this one. Remember, he was sick last year and he missed the pitcher. Oh, was he? I don't remember. Yeah, that. he was yeah. the only one not in the, in the coach's pitcher last year. So I hope he makes it this year. And matter of fact, for you gamers out there, that's why Campbell's pitcher in the uh, Madden game was not good because I guess that's when they do the photo filming or whatever they do with the pictures. So that's where they get their faces from, evidently. So evidently he missed his. And hopefully this you have a better face for Madden. Uh, Mike, I know you're a big Madden player. You know what? I've, I've, I've never played it. Never, <laughs> not once. You know what? I like the old pinball machine. Yeah, okay. With the, real, with the metal See, this is when the podcast ends, when we start talking pinball. I, I just say <laughs> I want to leave. Just say I'm done for the day. You start talking pinball. Uh, just one more thing we have to, I think we have to mention here. Jerry Green, long time ago, yes, right? yes, the Detroit yes. News. Friend of the show. Uh, passed away, yeah, friend of the show. Friend mm-hmm. of everybody, mm-hmm. by the way. 94, 95 years old. Uh, he was a close friend of mine. And, uh, I miss him already. I missed him since he retired 20 years ago and kept working. Yeah. <laughs> so This was really the first Super Bowl he missed guy. was this last year, right? He covered them all. Yeah, but you know what? But yeah. you know what he did? He, he watched it all, and he wrote, wrote a daily column for right. Detroit News. So. Right. And this was the first year he had missed. This uh, yeah, last this year. Is, yep, he's the only the only one who from start to number fifty six. I think mm-hmm. it was who covered them all. Yeah. 
Jerry Cream, we will miss you. We will miss you. Absolutely. All right, Michael, that's it for this week on the Cannon Podcast. Check Michael Harris out. He'll probably have um, mock draft number 85 going this week on his uh, DetroitLions.com. <laughs> April 3rd is the next April one. April 3rd is the next one. Check yeah. out him and Tim Twentyman's articles. They're very good. Check us out on the Mitch Allen Show. We'll have players and uh, a lot of Lions talk from now until the draft. Until next week, this has been Ken and Mike. See ya.